After a month-long hiatus due to the latest lockdown, we are back on the Brisbane Football News MPL Sunday. It's Scott and Adam with you, as usual. Adam, it's great to be back at the football, isn't it? Yep, it's here. Football's back, and so are we. And uh, we had a full round uh, to deal with, and obviously a bit of, uh, I guess, uh, lack of uh, game gameplay sort of you now showing you know early on in the games. But there's also been some very exciting outcomes. So it's, but in all in all, it's good to be back. It's, that's all you can say. It's great to be back. It was due to be to be expected that due to the um, the lockdown we've had, teams haven't been able to train, so they're only back in training for a week. So you're right. Some of the games might not have been to the intensity you rely, but there's still plenty of great football on show. Yeah, and uh, plenty of goals scored, especially um, sort of on the women's side of things, especially. But um, yeah, look, uh, it's actually quite surprising actually that um, you know, given that a lot of these clubs probably only had you know a handful of training sessions leading up to this weekend that, you know, remarkably, especially later in the games, you now the, the, the standard was still of a uh, high standard. Absolutely. We'll go through those games. So let's just start off with the MPL men's, as we always do, Adam. And we'll go to the games on Sunday first. We just we just got back from Goodwin Park from the Olympic game against Gold Coast. So we'll talk about, talk about the game first, and we'll go into the incident at the end later. But it was a 2-1 win for Olympic over Gold Coast. That's goals from Shelford Dais. And Shannon Brady, either side of halftime, a goal back for Gold Coast from Austin Ludwig. And it was a pretty good performance for Olympic All Teams, considered, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Gold Coast Knights, like, they started very fast and and uh, sort of the uh, opening goal scored by Shelford Dias, actually sort of you'd say that came against the run of play almost because uh, you know, Knights were pressing high. They had had a couple of chances Um to start with, and then out of nowhere, it's like Olympics was switched on and uh, took the lead. But uh, from there, I think Olympic, they sort of had it in control. The equaliser from um, Austin Ludwig was a header um, after after a set piece. So, But in the end, uh, Olympic probably showed that they uh, were too good. They were. And I think the Knights had a lot of possession, particularly in the first half, you're right. But it just seemed like it was all in front of Olympic. Didn't they? they weren't able to get that that penetrating pass into the front third and then makes something happen. It was all pretty comfortable in front of Olympic, wasn't it? There was a lot of good possession play for Knights to look forward to, but it just wasn't the cutting edge that we've seen in the past, wasn't there? Yeah, and uh, that's yeah, that's exactly right. I thought uh, Phil Lazum had a had a great game. I think for mine was you know best on best on ground as far as uh, in that sort of screen defensive role where he he really sort of you know, cut out a lot of um, Knights sort of you know, play into the into the front third. And uh, yeah, it's sort of in a way it, Knights sort of looked like that you know they sort of were umming and ahhing about their options. I think uh, again that might be more about you know being you know not not playing for a month more than sort of, you know, the lack of sort of, you know, skill or depth in their play. So, but uh, yeah, look, I thought defensively, uh, Phil Lazum and also as well, um, Zach Anderson and Dan Driver at the back, you know, very, very solid. And look, the one goal they did score was from a set piece and it was a case of who jumped highest, you know, got the goal. So, you know, I thought Lazum was really, really good in terms of a full 80-minute performance because it was only an 80-minute game, was abandoned after... 80 minutes, we'll get into the reasons for that in a minute, but I thought for the full 80 minutes, Lazlin was absolutely outstanding, but so was Jez Loftus when he came, when he came on uh, at about the hour mark from memory, and he was absolutely lightning, wasn't he? Well, he played he played for the Roar on the Saturday in a pre-season trial game for Wide Bay, a good win for the Roar up there, he played in that game as well, but 
he was dynamic when he came on, wasn't he? It was an unbelievable impact off the bench for him. Yeah, busy weekend for Jez, uh, I, I would suggest. Uh, coming down from Harvey Bay uh, this morning as well, and the put, Sam put in you know, a what would have been a half an hour stint, which was reduced. Um, yeah, look, he he looked he looked very very sharp, and um, yeah, look, he, he didn't he wasn't into sort of the goals as far as you know yeah you know, sort of either the assist alert, but you could tell that yeah, his influence was growing and growing in in the game down that uh, that left flank. Absolutely, it's great to see him get that A League opportunity. We've been I know a lot of us have been crying out from the Queensland football scene for him to get an opportunity with an A League team. Hopefully it does come off, and we'll have to wait and see. But it seems like he's putting his best foot forward at the moment. If he performs stuff like that, he'll certainly be in the running for a position with Aurora or somebody else. So he's doing a great job at the moment. Um, it's a massive win for Olympic dwellers, and it's a result. We'll go through the table later on, but in terms of a result for Olympic, this does put them in a very good spot in terms of that top four. It does. Um it, it, it's a, it's a vile win. Like so, on the table, probably doesn't sort of reflect at the moment where it is. But obviously, because of the wide sort of range of games played, you know, almost every club except Gold Coast Knights have got games in hand, which is a big problem for Gold Coast Knights. Um, as far as they've played their full complement of twenty games, but everyone else around them have got games in hand on them. So they really needed to pick up points tonight. Um, unfortunately. Fortunate circumstances probably prevent them from doing that, uh, but uh, but yeah, like uh, the seven seven losses now uh, on the season, and typically that's probably a few too many if they're going to contend for top four. So any of the last you know, three or four years in you know MPL Queensland, absolutely. And we've got to talk about the insert now at the end of the game. The game did end in the 81st minute when there was a head clash between the goalkeeper for Olympic. Lachlan Hunter and the centre forward for Gold Coast Knights, Marek Madley. There was no, no malice, and it was just a complete accident, Adam. But it was a, it was a bad accident, and you don't like to see that. No, no, I think it's sort of, it's a really sort of solemn and sad way for the game then, because it was a very, very entertaining game of football. We could tell Knights were pressing for that winner. It's just an innocuous, no. That incident, so that was, I guess, it's a sporting collision you call it. There's no, again, no malice uh, that I could see from uh, Marek Madley. It's just a, it a head clash. And uh, yeah, fortunately, uh, Lockie Hunter has come off second best. And yeah, ambulance was, ambulance was called um, and decision was made to abandon the game you know, after about 10 minutes um, of, of, you know, of non recovery. So I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll obviously, we uh, wish uh, Lockie all the best, you know, and hopefully he recovers. These the, the signs are, you know, from what we heard at the ground before we left was were positive, but I guess we, we need to wait on the club at, uh, to obviously update us on his condition. That's the most important thing. Hopefully Lockie is okay, right? He did seem like he was in a positive way when we left the ground. And instead of talking about it more and more, ourselves, I'm let's hear what Ben Khan had to say. Firstly, on the welfare of his goalkeeper, Lachlan Hunter, and then his thoughts on the match, on the game tonight, and the win over Gold Coast Knights. All right, we're joined by the coach Olympic, Ben Campbell. We'll talk about the game in a moment. First of all, I'll ask about Lockie Hunter. Is he OK? Um, he's uh, oof, difficult to answer because he, they still haven't put him in the ambulance, and the ambulance has been there for 10 minutes. Um, uh, he's he's a, he's engaging and he's conscious, so that must be a good sign. Um, but I guess we won't know we won't know until 
until probably later on tonight what's uh, you know what, what's happening with him. Okay, well, hopefully he is okay. On the game itself, it was a pretty good performance from your side. It wasn't mm. a, a month off from the football. It was mm. a pretty good start from your side. Yeah, it was. Ple- we were pleased. Um, you know, we we knew that the game would would not reflect the quality that a game between these two sides would do in another four weeks' time. Um, just because of the you know the break and only one week back in training, but. Uh, yeah, I was happy with how we played. We, you know, we, we absorbed probably a bit too much pressure, um, but we we did look dangerous going forward. And especially when we brought Jesse on and we, we changed the shape a little bit, we I thought we I thought we probably could have scored another two or three as the game went on. I was just going to say, Jesse was really sharp. Today. Also, I know he didn't have any impact in the goals, but he was absolutely dynamic once again. Yeah, he was good, and obviously, you know, he's he's been. He's been training over the last few weeks, so his his condition um, is probably better than, than most others. Um, so we knew that him coming into the game in the last half an hour or so would was going to have a really big impact, regardless of what the score was at that point. And finally, it's a really important three points, isn't it? It's obviously, it moves you back closer to that top four, and also it's a very important win against a team who are fighting for a spot in that top four as well. Yeah, I think the the race for the fours probably the best it's been. Uh, in the last few years, there's a lot of teams up there that keep winning and keep taking points off each other. So, so every three points against one of those teams is really valuable. I will let you go, Ben. Thanks for taking time to talk. Thanks to very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, I thought Ben can't had to say after the game at Goodwin Park there, and again we can only reiterate, Adam, we hope that Lachlan Hunter is okay because it was a very, very scary accident to see. Yeah, it was. He, he never, you never want to see a game finish like that. We appreciate. Um, so Ben Khan sort of taking the time to uh, to talk talk to us after the game. It was probably about you know I reckon half an hour after it, it happened. Uh, obviously waiting for the ambulance to arrive. So um, yeah, we appreciate that, and you know we we look forward to updates. But hopefully, yeah, all, all, all the prognosis is, is at least it's positive. Absolutely. We'll move on to a future opposing coach for Ben Khan. I think Scott McDonald. He was in attendance tonight for the game. At Goodwin Park, we heard during the week he will be the new coach of the Gold Coast Knights for 2022. Adam, and it's it's a great appointment for Gold Coast Knights. We know he's Scott McDonald's a very experienced footballer who's played at a high level in this country and overseas. He's played for his country and has also, most importantly, done UEFA badges. He's a very credential coach, and it's a great opportunity for him. Yeah, he'll be the highest credential coach when he takes the reins next season, having a UEFA uh, pro license. So, um, so yeah, and like I said, also as well, a known personality as well as far as around the league. You know, he, you know, if if he sort of has his takes as a player, you know, sort of on and off the field as well, and you know, brings that to the coaching. Um, he, he's going to be very, very sort of you know entertaining as far as you know. Engaging with the football community, I think it's a great start for for him. Uh, obviously, uh, he'd have he'd be aspiring for higher things, especially having those those high, those higher um, license. But uh, yeah, this is probably a good starting point as well for for him in the MPL. And I guess we'll see what happens from there. Absolutely, it's a great starting point for him really when you think about it, because it's a club which is built on success and expect success going forward. And they've got the playing group to do it. And the expectations will be there for him to get into the top four at a minimum and push for trophies and into the FFA Cup as well. And it's a good starting point for him. It's also a great thing for the MPL in Queensland to have a coach like that who's going to bring attention to not just Gold Coast, not Gold Coast, but the whole competition. We've got Matt Smith coaching in at Brisbane City. We've got other great coaches around who are not as 
well credentialed in terms of their playing career, but they've got great success in their CV at the MP level in a coaching sense. So it only adds to that, doesn't it? It's going to be a really interesting dynamic to see what how that plays out firstly in terms of who they're able to bring in to Gold Coast Knights over the off-season and then also how it pans out next year on the field. I think you hit the nail on the head about attention to you know, MPL Queensland because when we when we posted the announcement on um, our social media, especially on Twitter, the amount of, uh, sort of you know, I guess, national attention it grabbed, and I it's almost immediately after we posted, Daniel Garb, you know, re- retweeted our tweet, and then so it just sort of came on from there that you know a number of you know personalities that are on a national scale all of a sudden you know are liking the tweet or you know were then you know passing on their their um, congratulations to to um, Scott for his appointment. So I think definitely it's gonna it's an appointment that will you know definitely put eyes on Gold Coast Knights, not only from a national, you know, from a national Premier League's point of view, but also as well, if Knights were to repeat what they did last year, next year, and, and make it through to the FFA Cup, then obviously that would give them, you know, immediate attention on a national level. So, yeah, I think they're an ambitious club, um, obviously, uh, aren't afraid to spend money to get players there. And I think uh, I think uh, hopefully Scott McDonald will have a fair war chest, you know, for, for that level at least, you know, to, to recruit players. You're right, they certainly are a very ambitious club. We've seen that in their entry into the NPL, winning the competition or winning the championship in their debut season. They've been in the finals both years they've been in it, so they certainly are an ambitious club, and we look forward to seeing how that goes. Congratulations, Scott McDonald, on that appointment. We'll see what happens with that over the long off-season, Adam. Now, we'll, we'll transition back to action on the field in a game which I attended up at AJ Kelly Park on Saturday night between Peninsula Power and Lions FC, and it was a 3-1 win for Lions FC. Alex Fechner, Jordan Freener, and Finn Beekhurst on the score sheet for Lions. Andy Bengali gets a goal back for Peninsula Power from the penalty spot. There were three red cards in the game. Jordan Farina and Matej Simic sent off for Lions, Lions and Josh Blue sent off for power. We'll get into the reasons for all that in a minute, Adam, but off the top of this game, Lions do it again. They go to Peninsula Power and they make a big statement. Yeah, back-to-back wins um, for, for Lions at AJ Kelly Park. And um, look, this is a game that they looked up and ready for, which you know almost comes as a surprise given you know, a month of inactivity for them. In fact, it's five weeks because I know they had a uh, game watched out before that. So they've come out swinging. And look, my, my first observation is that's probably the best they've played all season. And I think this side, with Sean Carlos running that midfield, they look a much more complete side, especially they're playing a back a back three. Um, Zach Maltby and Finn Beekhurst bombing down down as the as the wing backs as well. They're all of a sudden, um, they they look like a side that can really mix it with the best. Whether they've got enough time to sort of get into the into the top four and really do some damage at the at the business end of the season. Look, I don't know if they've left their run too late. It'll depend on results now. But based on this performance last night, they really were deserving winners over the uh, league leaders. It's in their hands at the moment, really, when you think about it. They've got games to play against teams in and around them on the table. If they're able to to win those games, then they might move into contention. We know they are a big game club. But you mentioned that it's been a very inconsistent season for Lions, and you said it was their best performance. I agree with you. I was messaging a Lions fan last night about, about it as the game was unfolding, and to me, they were, that's the best they've played this season. It wasn't necessarily they were playing some champagne football or anything like that. It was the intensity and the attention to detail and the focus that they've had 
on that game last night. The only way I can describe it, Adam, is they seem like from minute one, they were there to make a statement to the rest of the competition. Don't forget about us. We are the defending champions and we are not we are not out of this race whatsoever. And I thought it was a really, really good performance across Wolf of Peninsula Power. I thought it was it just seemed like they were a little bit off. They weren't a lot there wasn't a lot wrong with the way they played and they pushed forward. They had a lot of opportunities in and around the penalty area. It wasn't quite falling for them on the day. I think Xander Guy had a great chance to make it one nil early in the game. That could have made a completely different game out of it. Just didn't quite fall for Peninsula Power on the night, did it? Well, yeah, look, uh, Peninsula Power, they seem to be slow starters out of these breaks from the stop start. I know, I remember last season, they, after after the resumption of the, um, of the, of after the lockdown last year, they, they went to Heath Park and, and got beaten. And, um, and that in the end, it didn't stop them uh, claiming the uh, the premiership. So maybe it's a case of they this is slow start. Also, as well, I know they probably won't admit it, but I dare say that a few players might have eyes on September 14 as well. And um, while and especially when you're when you're nine points, you know, in the lead on, on the ladder, theoretically it be anywhere between you know 15, 18 at that at that point. Um, yeah, look, you, you're sort of looking at the next big big tie, and that, that comes in the form of the uh, FA Cup round of 32 against Brisbane Raw. So, um, look, I'm, I'm sure that that will be corrected over the um, over the week as they get back into their training and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, look, I think you give credit to the Lions. They came out and really – they showed that they wanted, wanted to win that one. I think it ultimately it was more important to Lions that they did win the game in that in that sense. But I do think Peninsula Powers, no doubt, that they have to have – in the back of their mind somewhere, that big clash down the road for them at Morton Daly Stadium against the Brisbane Raw in the FFA Cup round 32. It's a massive game. There's no getting around that. I'm sure they're very much looking forward to it. And they'll, they'll be better for this run against Lions. And we'll talk about the red cards. There were there were three, as I mentioned. Um, John Freener and Josh Woolley had a bit of an altercation. It was, it was brewing, to be fair. I'm sure you could tell it from your vantage point as well. It was brewing for about 10 minutes there that there was something coming and Jordan Farina and Josh Woolley had a bit of a coming together and a bit of a bit of an all-in scuffle. And they were both showing straight red cards. And after that, Matthias Simmons picked up a second yellow card for he just got beat, didn't he? he just wasn't he just was um a, just a second yellow card. There's no nothing malicious in that. It was just he got beaten by his man, he made a foul and it was second yellow card. But it just it's always always seems to be the way it doesn't between Lions and Peninsula Power that there's some sort of drama usually involving red cards and usually actually at AJ Kelly. Yeah, look, this is a rivalry that's a decade in the making almost, uh, and it just it just continues chapter after chapter. You know, if you know, we we do talk about the rivalry between Lions and Olympic, but also as well, it's just as fervent between Lions and uh, and Peninsula Power, and that goes back to the Bear um, Brisbane Premier League days. So, so yeah, so we expect nothing less uh, from these two clubs. They're two proud and very successful clubs um, across the years, and um, yeah, there's always a lot to play for, more than just three points. And last night was a prime exception. It was a prime sort of uh, example of that. Absolutely, the two power clubs on either side of the river when they meet, you know it's always going to be good. Now, after the game, I caught up with both coaches. After the game, I caught up the Lions coach Darren Simon and the assistant coach Prince Power Ben Ryan. Let's see what they both had to say after the result there with Lions being Prince Power by three goals to two goals to one. Three goals to one. Oh, we're joined by the coach of Lions, Darren Simon. Darren, 3 1 winners here against Peninsula Power. That's a fantastic performance from your side. 
Yeah, um, maybe not a fantastic performance, but we're certainly happy with the result. Yeah, fantastic result. You're right. And it seemed, for me, it looked like you were trying to send a, a statement there in terms of bounce, coming out of the lockdown, trying to really assert yourselves in the back end of the conference. Is that kind of the message you kind of sent to the team? Because that's what it looked like. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think um, for the next eight games, I think nine games we've got left. I think um, it's really is going to be the survival of the fittest. Um, and as soon as you start racking up the points uh, straight away, you know the, the tougher it's going to be for others because we're, you know, we are committed to making the, the top four and, and getting the best out of the season. So it was important that we sent that message. Yeah, it is very, very tight between second and seventh. So how important do you think these three points could be at the end of the season? Because it's a very, very good result away from home against the league leaders. Yeah, no, every point's going to be valuable in the run-in. Uh, you know, we've got Easts next week and we're expecting it to be a, quite a tired game as well because everyone's, you know, it's it's a it's going to be a, a race to the finish. So, yeah, every point's going to count. Uh, not, not a new formation in terms of first time to have something you've been working on over the last couple of weeks. Is that something you were really able to work on over the four-week lockdown period in terms of trying to get that the way you want to play across mm. the team and for the, in terms of the changes? Yeah, I think, you know, we were just before the lockdown, I think we were certainly coming into a little bit of form and the boys are starting to understand their formation and, their, and their, where they're supposed to be. Um, I think they were still a little bit rusty tonight and you could see at times it broke down when, you know, probably didn't need to but that's uh you know it's to be expected but i think we're only going to get stronger from from here just a bit of fire at the end that's always between these two sides isn't it there is uh, when you know it's these boys have certainly set the tone this year peninsula power you know they've had a great season um they're looking unstoppable there so our boys wanted to come and prove themselves against the top team so um, i think a lot of them can walk away tonight having their Holding their head high. And most certainly that, Darren. Congratulations. Best of luck going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. All right, we're joined by the assistant coach, Mr. Club, Ben Ryan. Ben, 3 1 defeat tonight, but your side had plenty of opportunities in the game for getting four. What were your thoughts on the match overall? Yeah, look, we obviously we did. Um, I thought we probably had more clear cut chances in the first half, certainly. We could have been two up before they scored. Uh, against decent teams, you've you got to take chances, you know, when you're on top. So, yeah, that, that's disappointing because obviously we had them, but it's, that's football, isn't it? Absolutely, got to take your chances. In terms of the preparation for this game, it's obviously very, very difficult. Were you able to do much during the four-week lockdown period to prepare for any of these games, or is it just um, start up this week and go from there? Yeah, difficult to prepare for games because we didn't know who you were going to be playing when you came back. But in terms of fitness, I think our lads have done, uh, well, they've done everything that's been asked of them. So... Certainly, we, we didn't come back thinking that we, any other team would be fitter than us or less prepared physically. Uh, and obviously, we've had a full week to, to prepare for this one. So, yeah. Not an ideal result tonight. Obviously, it's important now to get that bounce back in the league, isn't it? You got a nice lead, but you want to get that bounce back. Oh, absolutely. We've got strikers next week, but then we got Gold Coast Knights here. So, and I think we've got Raw coming up um, in the, the league and the cup, actually. So, yeah, it's important that we, you know, get a get back to winning ways as quick as we can. How imperative is that cup game now, given the state of the league, we were in a quite comfortable position. You got back into the cup for the first time in a few years. How important is that tie, given it's, a, it's essentially a home tie here for yeah. just down the road at Morton Daly? Um, it's important, but uh, like next week's important. Strike is important. Uh, I'll talk about, I suppose, the, the raw game in two weeks' time, but yeah, 
you want to win, but um, we're under no illusions. They've been full-time training for, for probably six six weeks now instead of the three it would have been. So we know that we're disadvantaged in, in that sense, but uh, yeah, we'll give it a crack. Unlucky tonight and best of luck going forward. Cheers, so that's what the Lions and Peninsula Park coaching staff had to say after the game last on Saturday night. Thank you to both those coaches once again for taking the time to talk to us there. Adam, we'll move on to the results for the rest of the games in round 22 of MPL Queensland. And it was Morton Bay United 6, Brisbane Strikers 1, Logan Lightning 1, Magpies Crusaders 1, Brisbane Raw 3, Redlands United 1, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 4, Eastern Suburbs 0. And in a game which we watched on Friday night, the resumption of play, Gold Coast United 2, Capalabar FC 0. Goals from Paul O'Brien and Sam Smith in what was a pretty pretty comfortable home win for, for Gold Coast United in truth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think for them, I think they'll be happy back playing at home. And uh, yeah, look, a comfortable win for them in the end. They ne- never really looked in any real danger um, in taking all those three points. And while they sit in 10th place uh, or so, um, yeah, all look, I think... Hand, don't they? Yeah, they, they have plenty of games in hand. While two of those games are against Peninsula Power, um, look, they're, they're relatively they're relatively safe. I think they're going to they're going to finish mid mid table, which I which I think may not be um, like I said, it will be sort of I guess a, a comfortable finish. But yeah, I think that they're a club that you now probably going to start expecting a bit more, you know, next season. So um, yeah, I think they get through this season fairly comfortably, and then they really need to ramp it up. Absolutely. They do definitely need to ramp up going into next season, but we'll have to see what happens over the off-season with that. But we'll go to a table now. Peninsula Power, they are top of the table on 45 points from 17 games played. The Brisbane Roar, they're back into second place, up one spot this week on 39 points from 19 games played. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they're also up one place into third. Third place to Sunshine Coast, congratulations to them, on 38 points from 18 games played. Gold Coast Knights are in fourth on 37 points from 20 games played, and you've got... Olympic on 36 from 18 games played. Lions 35th, 35 points from 19 games played. Morton Bay 18 games played for 33 points. So there's a, we'll talk about the rest of them, but that battle there, Adam, between Morton Bay on 33 up to Brisbane Raw on 39, that's two games in terms of points. And there's so much to play for between all of those teams. You can make an argument for any one of those teams making the top four and any one of them missing out. It's going to be really tight between that battle. Yeah, absolutely, and that that battle starts from uh, from I believe Tuesday night. Morton Bay take on uh, Gold Coast United in a risk in a risk of game. If they can go to Complex and take all three points, uh, Morton Bay are right back in the conversation as far as um, you know. They're only one win outside of the top four, so that that's yeah. So you got you pretty much got uh, six six uh, teams playing for three spots. Absolutely. You've got Peninsula Power who haven't officially qualified for the top four, but in truth, it looks like it will only be a matter of time till they do so. But the battle between the second and seventh is going to be very, very fast. And we'll go through the rest of the table now. Eastern Suburbs are best of the rest on 25 points from 19 games played in eighth spot. Then you've got in ninth spot, Logan on 22 points. You mentioned earlier, Gold Coast, you know, they're on 20 points in after 16 games played. Then you've got Capalaba on 20 points from 19 games played. In the bottom three, Magpies, because they are up, 
up two spots this weekend, Adam, onto seven points from 17 games played. But there's still a 13-point gap between them and safety. So there's a long way to go. For Magpies, we've got Brisbane Strikers also on seven points from 19 games played. And Redlands are now at the bottom of the table on six points. So it's a long way back for those three teams, isn't it, Adam? There are some winnable games there for those three teams, but a lot is going to have to go their way for any one of those sides to to look like they might be able to challenge Kapalabar for that 11th spot. Yeah, uh, it looks like that Magpies Crusaders so has got two games in hand on Strikers and and Redlands. It's probably the, it looks like the only side theoretically that could probably you know try and catch you know Kapalabar or even you know Gold Coast United, who despite having games in hand, like I said, uh, four four difficult games for Gold Coast United. Uh, in in the catch up, it's uh, two games against Peninsula Power, um, Morton Bay United, and Lions. So uh, there's no guarantee that they will take any points from those. But then again, they may take all. So we'll see see how that goes. Given that you know those are going to be all midweek games. But um, yeah, they're they're, they're probably Magpies for the only ones. Again, they're going to need to win. Hope that some results go their way. So. So, yeah, I think the relegation battle, at least for you know, Strikers and Redlands, it's going to be very, very hard to know impossible for them to make up ground. And it didn't really look likely coming out of lockdown this weekend in truth. I'll have to wait and see what happens in future weeks. We'll move on now to MPL Women's Action, where there were three games played over the course of the weekend. All played today, actually, on Sunday. And it was a, a 5-0 win for Gold Coast United over Morton Bay United down there on the Gold Coast. Three goals for Bella Habuda, Langworthy and Weston. On the score sheet, it was a 3-0 win for Kapalabar at home to Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Two goals for Amber Sims in that game. And then and then a win away from home for Eastern Suburbs. 2-0 over South United, Adam. Goals from Georgian Ramos and Jess Curran. So that's a great result for Eastern Suburbs in terms of getting a result away from home against South United. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, the, the East, all of a sudden, they look like that they may be um, gunning for a top four spot. Um, like I said, they, they have um, they're sort of a, a very enigmatic side that, you know, you don't know really what you're going to get as far as, you know, they, they're certainly capable of, you know, of challenging, but they don't always put the put the result up on the board. So that's a very, very good win against Souths, who, you know, they, they were looking like that they they were sort of pulling away with Kapalabar as far as locking up the top four. You know, obviously, Lions and Gold Coast United are two standout sides. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a fair battle as far as, you know, the spots for the um, for the top four there. Uh, yeah, Morton Bay, I think uh, injuries may... Have caught up with them, and um, yeah, it's then the Sunshine Coast and QAS in seventh and eighth. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks. Um, obviously, East, South, Kapalabar for those um, those bottom two spots in the finals series. Absolutely, maybe a bit a bit like with the Lions and the NPL men's a bit of a statement made by Gold Coast United today out there at Coplex to make a bit of a statement. Hey, we are still well and truly in this fight. Obviously, they are defending. Premier probably won't get that title this year, but they're still a real dangerous threat for the for the final series going forward. You met Lions, Lions, you see, they still lead the league by six points despite being inactive. We'll get into the reason for that in a moment, but they lead the league on 46 points. Gold Coast United 40, Kapalabar on into th- into third on 38, South down to fourth on 36. Then you've got Eastern Suburbs on 34, Morton Bay 29. Sunshine Coast 27 and the QAS on 20. And there will be a midweek game between Lions and QAS, which was postponed from this weekend because, Adam, they played 
Well, Lions played in the Kappa Super Cup semi-final against Logan Lightning, which they won by six goals to one. Goals from Shea Connors, Tegan Riding, Amy Gunson and Marielle Hecker. Talk us through it because you watched this game for us. So talk us through what happened. Yeah, the uh, usual suspects will get in the score sheet. But look, uh, Logan Logan Lightning, they were they had a goal denied uh, early in the game, uh, which sort of, I think, everyone's just scratching their heads on why um, Brittany Lasik's shot was um, was chalked off. Um, potentially, I think it was for a foul in the box. But uh, uh, Holly Gray then, uh, in the 31st minute, scored a cracking goal you know, to beat you know, Izzy Shuttleworth. But then after that, it just seemed like that goal... Um, seemed to you know turn the switch on for lines, and from there, uh, Shea Connors basically replied, you know, within 60 seconds. And in the second half, it was then a procession where you know lines, uh, they they pretty much they they stepped their authority. They are they are clearly the best team in you know in Queensland and in the women's division, and they they really sort of you know put put Logan to the sword. It was a really ruthless performance. And as as said of the goal scorers, the usual suspects all getting on the score sheet. Absolutely. They are leading the league by a, a comfortable margin and they now into the inaugural Kappa Cup final where they will play Western Pride, Adam, who had a 6-0 win up there in Townsville against Brothers and it was the Megan McGilligat show. Yeah, four goals for Meg McGilligat. Um, yeah, she, she had a, uh, a night out in Townsville. Um, and then uh, goals for Abby Lloyd from long distance, and then Katie Webb decided she would even go from longer distance to to uh, score the sixth goal. Unfortunately for us here watching the stream, we didn't see it all because the stream cut out halfway through that goal. So, um, so yeah, we weren't actually sure who actually scored the goal initially. Um, Simon Smale, who was on the um, who was on the call, actually called it for uh april gleason but we were corrected by um western pride doyen uh gary mckenzie who said that katie webb was the one who scored so so yeah but overall western pride v uh lions for the uh for the kappa uh, women's super cup on friday september 24th but then uh kickoff time and venue to be uh confirmed by football queensland very much looking forward to seeing that game in a couple of weeks time there was We'll stick with the women's game for a moment, Adam. There were games played in FQPL women's this weekend. It was a 3-1 win for Mitchelton against Virginia and a 9-0 win for Olympic over Peninsula Power with the Brisbane City Western Pride and Gap Logan games postponed due to the aforementioned Super Cup matches. And we've called FQPL 2 in the men's league of goals. We might have to include FQPL women's in that as well. Plenty of goals on show this weekend. Yeah, uh, look, Olympic... uh... Olympic were ruthless um, up at AJ Kelly Park in the um, curtain raiser. Oh, for broke that's probably a little bit disrespectful. Caught that. Um, let's say the first, the first of the double header for um, you know at, on Saturday night at AJ Kelly. But um, but yeah, I think Olympic they're really I think they're really gunning for that promotion spot back into um, back into MPL Women's, which is the which is pretty much the um, the prize for finishing on top of FQPL women uh, at the uh, yeah at the end of this season and uh, yeah look I think it'll be between them Brisbane City and Western Pride as far as with ladder carrying over from the first phase they're probably the three clubs that are in contention for promotion back to um, MPL at the end of this season. Yeah, caught a bit of that game between Olympic and Peninsula Power up there at AJ Kelly. Got there at about half time and it was it was pretty ruthless from Olympic. It was a Good performance, and I think you're right. They were probably the side who are most disappointed at missing out on a spot in the 
in the top eight for the MPL women's competition. So I'm sure they'll be desperate to get that. So I think it probably comes down to them first. First, we'll have to see what happens in that competition going forward. But we'll move on to round 21 in FQPL men's, Adam, or FQPL 1 in the men's competition. And we've got a full round of games played starting on Friday night. Western Pride 2-1 winners over Holland Park. It was a 3-1 win away from home for South United against Wynnum Wolves. Also on Friday night, Ipswich Knights 3, Southside Eagles 1. On Saturday, Southwest Queensland Thunder left it late once again. 4-3 winners at Mitchelton there in a 93rd-minute winner. And the game played today, it was Brisbane City 3 Sunshine Coast Fire 1. Now, I want to actually focus in on the events at Trailwood Park, Adam, because it was obviously a very important night there at Trailwood Park. Obviously, we know the the tragic circumstances around the, the passing of Andy Jones in the week before lockdown caused the league to postpone. And this was a very special night at Trailwood Park for the Mitchelton players, family and friends. Yeah, um, it was um, obviously that... Yeah, the, the the they were supposed to obviously play on the Sunday before the lockdown happened. So obviously the return to to Albert Park, um, yeah, it was put was put back a month. But yeah, look, at the end of the day, look, was the result the result at the end of the day doesn't matter. I don't think as far as you know on this night, um, it was a good opportunity for the Mitchelton. Um, football football club communities who come together and uh and yeah look it's um yeah sometimes it's just sometimes the result doesn't matter i, I guess in this case um it's just said that there is more to life um look mitchelton as far as you know there, there will be other times where the results will matter and yeah you know, obviously they celebrate wins but i think it was more important than that uh last night it wasn't look like it was a really special night there for mitchelton it was a good win actually as well for i know the result doesn't necessarily matter on nights like that, but it was a really important result for South Wales and Thunder. They left it late mm. once. We know they won the game against Ipswich Knight, Ipswich Western Road, beg your pardon, late out there at Briggs Road just before the lockdown kicked off, and they've done it once again. So they seem to be making a habit of being able to get results late. That's very important. And for Brisbane City, it's another another three points. They move back to the top of the table, and it's it's the game. That's a really important result for them, but it seems like it's only. A matter of time till Brisbane City do confirm their spot in the back in the NPL next year. Yeah, it's just a matter of when now. I think um, yeah, four, 14, 14 for fourteen, they're they're perfect at the moment. Um, I think we may need to get out the uh, record books again, to see how they're tracking against that um, that potential power FQPL winners back in two thousand and eighteen. I want to say or the seventeen. I can't remember what year it was, but. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Look, they're, they're even though they've go, they've got three games on hand on Rochdale, so they're at the moment two in front. They'll probably go eleven clear, and I think that's going to be promotion sort of uh, wrapped up for them sooner rather than later. I was saying it was twenty eighteen, but I could be I could be incorrect yeah. as well. Brisbane City, they are top of the league on forty two points. They're two points clear of Rochdale Rovers, but they have three games in hand, so that gap is likely to balloon out at some point when those games get played. Thunder are third on 33, Western Pride fourth on 25. Then you've got Southside Eagles 19, Mitchelton 19, Ipswich 18, which is nice, 18, I beg your pardon, Sunshine Coast Fire 16, South 15, Holland Park 12, and Wynnum Wolves on 10. And we should mention, that's a really good win, actually, for South. You know, that was a six-point six point match on Friday night out there at Carmichael Park. And for South, that might be a result which potentially sees them move out of that bottom bottom three drop zone in, in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, they've got a game in hand on the teams around them. As we've sort of been saying, you know, in past editions, that uh, that uh, yeah, the bat the battles far as three going down FQPL two. Um, it, that is going to be a battle that's going to go right to the to the last weekend. And um, yeah, at, at the moment, I wouldn't even think someone like uh, Southside Eagles, who are sitting in fifth, would be saying that that they are comfortably. Uh, comfortably home. Um, I think everyone from fifth down, uh, there is the, the uh, threat of relegation is certainly in the air. They've got work to do all those teams. You're absolutely right. Move on to FQPL2, where the top two sides actually played this weekend. Animal Friday night out there at Caboolture. It was a two-all draw between Caboolture and Turinga. It was a 92nd-minute equaliser, actually, from Luca Pullen to get a point for Caboolture. It's a very important point for them. We'll go through a table in a minute. The other results, North Star 5, Coomera 1, Magic United 1, Grain Sissel 5, and there was a nil-all draw between Virginia and Stanford. And what's this about? This is the League of Goals. Nil-all draws, that can't happen. What's going You've on? You've got to be inquiry over that. <laughs> I think so. But look, it's a it's an important result for, important point for Caboolture, isn't it? Just to, we know they've got a comfortable lead at the top of the table, but it's a very important result for them. Yep, eight point eight point lead with uh, with games in hand. Um, it probably that that uh, drop points who drop points from um, Turinga probably opens the door for Grange Thistle, who've actually got three games in hand on them. Um, as far as you know, jumping in the second, I, I think uh, promotion the promotion spot. I think it's Caboolture's to lose, and I think they need to have a catastrophic sort of you know, drop in form to the, be denied. Um, promotion, but um, certainly from a finals perspective, Grange uh, have got games in hand on Turinga and uh, three three games in hand, but only six points to make up, and I'm sure that they would probably play each other at some point, so that, that would be a six-pointer there as well, so I think the uh, race of finals and that second home final, um, I think that, that race is well and truly on. So correct me if I'm wrong, Grange were the team who beat Caboolture, right? That's only one loss for Caboolture this year was Grange Thistle at hosting Caboolture, correct? That is correct, yep. So I'm sure if when those two sides meet, I'm sure Caboolture wouldn't mind a bit mm. of revenge as well. That's what happens in FQPL2. Moving forward, now before we wrap the show up, Adam, we always go through our performance. And when I've got one that I'm nervous you might take, I'm going first <laughs> and I'm taking my performance week is Jez Loftus. You put, from all reports, put in a great performance up there for the Raw against Y-Base Select. And that, that's only part of it. He's... To come back down and play off the bench for Olympic tonight, he was, he was, I can't describe it again, he was dynamic, he was exciting, and he was back to his absolute best, and I thought he was my performer of the week this week. Yeah, look, uh, that's, a, that's a fair effort. Uh, 45 minutes uh, up in Harvey Bay, and then um, show up the next day and play what would be 25 minutes, uh, 20 minutes or so um, on a Sunday. Oh, that's uh, a fairly good effort from uh, young Jez. Um, as far as my performer of the week, uh, look, I'm uh, it's I, I'm gonna go with Meg McGalligot. Um, uh, her her four goal um, effort up in Townsville. Um, look, we we know she can score goals, um, but it's obviously because of you know taking account that you know, obviously the uh, brothers Townsville are not the strongest team. Uh, in you know in in football, but uh, yeah, you still got to be there and score goals. And the four very very um, sublime goals from a predatory scorer as as she is, and it's good to see her back in form. And um, it'll be interesting to see whether that form carries into you know the battle for promotion um, from FQPL women up to MPL. So yeah, she gets my performer of the week. 
As we said plenty of times before, if you score three or four goals in the game, you're going to get a shout out in this section. So no <laughs> doubt about that. And you're right, Megan McGilligan, certainly a, a player who can score goals in bunches. You saw that a couple of years ago. I think she scored 52 goals from yeah. memory. That earned her op- opportunity in the W League with Canberra, I think it was, correct? Yes, it was, yeah. So we know Megan's a player who can score plenty of goals. So that's a great shout as well. Now, Adam, there are plenty of games midweek. Anything in particular that catches your eye in terms of in the NPL this week? Um, yeah, look, Morton Bay, Gold Coast United. I'll throw that because he's, a, he's a, at Coplix. Um, look, that, that's going to be a big game as far as um, the the formation of this uh, finals this finals race in um, in MPL. Because if uh, Morton Bay win that and get all three points, um, th- this race really becomes alive. Um, like, as we said, it's, you've got six teams playing for three spots and that that would be a very, very important win as far as getting those points up there. So that, that's probably the game I am looking at most during this midweek. Absolutely. Well, there's plenty of other matches as well, catch-up games from midweek, from the weekend, the games that were postponed, as well as other games from previous rounds that were postponed. We'll have to catch up on all those next week. And Adam, but for now, we're out of time. Thanks for joining me once again. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Good to be back. Absolutely. Great to be back. We'll, do, we'll be back once again next week on the Brisbane Football Reviews NPL Sunday Show.